Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Hallelujah. Man, it's good to be home. It's good to be home. Uh, of course, I was in, at home in Irving, too, because we have a new location in Irving, Texas, One Cause Irving. And uh, so I was there with Pastor Brian and Jonna, setting them in as the, our new pastors there and our new place. Great things are happening already there. Um, we're very excited. This past week, we spent some time there. Thank God for my wife who knows what she's doing when it comes to all this administra- administrative stuff. And you know, I didn't know there was that side of ministry. So I just thought, you just preach, that's it. And then uh, she, she takes care of all the other stuff. <laughs> but uh, anyway, just want to encourage you and just by letting you know uh, what's going on there and that, that um, we're increasing, God's increasing our ministry. And so be praying for Brian and Jonna as they are in this new place. Um, great things are ahead for them. But also, I want to... We'll give some more details down the road on November the 20th. That's a Sunday at 6 o'clock. We're going to have a good old-fashioned gospel singing there at that location. Uh, So if any of you happen to like that music, or even if you don't and not real familiar with it, come and enjoy it anyway. We're going to have a great time singing a bunch of old songs together. And uh, uh, this is something that John has been wanting to do for some. Imagine that John... I thought it kind of surprised me she wanted to do gospel singing, but anyway, uh, so it was cool. That's going to be November the 20th, and like I said, we'll give you some more details about that down the road. And we want to welcome our newest member. She's here today at One Cause Church, the daughter of Lee and Jana and, oh, I just dropped her name. What's her name? Huh? Elena? Elena? Elena. Sorry. Elena is here, our newest and freshest member. So she's sitting right over here with her grandmother, of course, coddling her in her arms. So we welcome Elena. And it's good to see you, Jana. You're looking great. Lee, you look the same, but we're still glad you're here, man. (laughs) All right. Well, before we get into today's message, I have a very special guest and friend that's here with with us today, Um, Aaron Perry and his wife, Cheyenne, from Tulsa, Oklahoma are here with us, and uh, Aaron and I are going to be doing a crusade in May in Uganda. Uh, Aaron has worked with Reinhard Bonnke Ministries for two and a half years, and now uh, they've branched out in doing their own thing now, doing their own crusade. So we're going to be doing, I don't remember how many night crusade there in Uganda. We're going to reach out to them, and he called me and just we went out to lunch, and he asked me if I would like to do this with him, which, you know, that stuff like that blows me away. I just think, really? Me? You won't think of any, anybody else? But he, he asked me. And so uh, I got excited about it. And uh, so we're going to be going to Uganda in May 22nd, somewhere around there, toward the end of May of next year. And so I, had, I wanted him to come and just share with you about what's going on there and uh, why we're getting involved and what we're going to be doing and what you can do to play a part in that as well. So would you please welcome with me this morning, Aaron and Cheyenne Perry. Uh, Can you hand me that microphone? Good morning. morning. We're so excited to be here. Uh, I don't even know if Pastor Eric knows this, but I actually listen every single week to you guys and listen to Pastor Eric in the podcast. So uh, I love it. I've, so I feel like I'm, I'm kind of at home in some sense because I'm 
always listening to the sermons. Um, yeah, so we're so excited about what God is doing with us. Uh, for about two and a half years, we have been running with Reinhard Bonnke as his crusade director here in America. So we started out in Miami setting up the gospel crusade. Then we moved to Houston, set up that gospel crusade. Houston, we saw about 27,000 gather to hear the gospel of Jesus. The gospel is still good news, amen? We went from Houston, we moved to Atlanta, we set up the crusade there in Atlanta, and then we also worked up in Chicago, set up that crusade, and then we ended up in Oklahoma City, ironically my hometown, and so I was fired up, ready to go to see the gospel go forth in Oklahoma City. And we have been running with Reinhard Bonnke, and you know, you cannot run with Reinhard Bonnke and not be passionate for souls. And so as we're running and setting up these gospel crusades, we began to burn personally in our hearts to want to see us go to the nations. And so we, we felt like we were in the greatest training ground, the greatest equipping ground. We first went to CFNI, and then now we're running with Reinhard Bonnke. And so there's been this burning passion uh, probably about a year ago of us saying, you know what, let's run with the gospel. We feel like we've been uh, qualified with Reinhard Bonnke, and so let's go. And so about a year ago, we began to plan and, and strategize on crusade ministry. In fact, our first crusade we're actually doing is in Sri Lanka in January, where we're going to go into the mountains of Sri Lanka to a village in the mountains, about seven hours into this village, and we are going to set up a tent. Uh, there's only one church, and it's a very small church, possibly maybe 10, 15 people in that church, and they've never seen a crusade. They've never seen a mass gathering of Christians, or I should say unbelievers in one area. And so we're going to preach the gospel, we're going to see the demons manifest, we're going to see the miracles, and then we're going to see about 80 to 90% of them come to salvation. And then we're just going to plug them back into that local church uh, to begin to be discipled. And it's a funny thing, part of the discipleship program that they do in Sri Lanka is they actually teach them how to burn their idols. So this is a very raw thing that we're going into. We're so excited about it. And then four months later, we're setting up the crusade in Uganda, uh, right outside of a, a city called Iganga, Iganga, Uganda, where we're going to set up a gospel crusade. And it was burning in my heart to say, you know what, let's go after the masses. So we're expecting about 10,000 lost people to gather outside of Iganga to hear the gospel of Jesus. Pastor Eric Harler is going to partner with me. It's exciting. Uh, we're going to do even a pastor's conference the day before the crusade. We're going to do some training, equipping, and knowing Pastor Eric, we're going to teach on grace. We're going to teach on faith, and it's going to be really good for the body of Christ in that area. And then we're going to do the crusades. And then after the crusades, the very similar uh, concept that even Reinhard Bonnke does, which is uh, equipping them, uh, the churches, to plug the lost back into the local churches. So we'll, we'll make sure that there's discipleship even after we leave. And so this is what we're doing. We want you guys to be involved with this, uh, not only just giving uh, Pastor Eric a pat on the back saying, yes, let's go, but we want to even open the door of, for you guys and say, come, come with us. Come with us to do this crusade. There's so much labor that we have to do. Uh, part of that is getting into the high schools and, and preaching the gospel. It's very open there to receiving anybody and everyone uh, that is uh, of, not of their color. It's, uh, it, so it's kind of a, a favoritism when we go. 
And so we're setting up this crusade. We're doing all of these things. We want you to be involved with that. And uh, so I'm so excited to be here and share about that. But I'm going to have Cheyenne share a little bit about the rest. Oh, well, thank you guys so much for having us. It's wonderful to be here. Um, I just want to ask you guys, how many have you have had Jesus do amazing things in your life? I would say probably everyone here. And how many of you know someone who needs Jesus to do amazing things in their life? Yeah, I would say all of us as well. And so we just feel like it's such an injustice that the lost don't get to encounter the goodness of God. And so that's why we are running with the gospel and we're going to the unreached nations. And we just want people to experience what God has done in our lives and see it in their lives. And so there's a couple different ways that you guys can be involved. And one of us is one of the ways is by praying for us. Um, We are literally counting the cost when we go to these nations. Some of these nations are very hostile and don't want Christians there, but we know God has called us there. And so we would ask that you guys just be in prayer for us and interceding for us. And in fact, we actually have the Mansfield House of Prayer has made it a priority to pray for us in every nation that we go into. And so we want to ask you guys to partner with them in praying for us. And with that, we're asking that you guys sign up for our monthly newsletter. This way you guys can know what we need prayer for. You guys can be encouraged about what God is doing in the world. And um, it's just such an exciting time. And another way uh, that you can partner with us is is financially. We're needing, you know, this costs a lot of money to go into these nations, and it's, it's a lot of manpower and logistics. So we're asking for people with a heart for evangelism and seeing the lost come to Jesus to partner with us on a month-to-month basis. And so um, also you might think this is a little bit out of our uh, price range. We it, It's going to be kind of hard to partner with a ministry, you know. And so we've actually created our coffee cup initiative um, specifically for people that feel like maybe it's, it's too difficult to give and to commit monthly. But I want to ask how many of you guys drink coffee? <laughs> yeah, probably uh, Christians love coffee, right? And so... Um, You know, it's really easy to go to Starbucks and drop $5 for a cup of coffee. And so we're asking maybe once a month or once a week, instead of going to Starbucks and dropping five bucks for coffee, you're actually sowing it into the fertile ground of our ministry and to seeing lost people come to Jesus. And so if you have any questions about that, We'll be in the back, and also we want to give you a free gift for signing up with our newsletter. We have some amazing fair trade coffee from Columbia that helps fund missionaries that um, tend the house of prayer in Atlanta. So yeah, we are just so grateful for what God is doing, and thanks so much for um, partnering with us. Thank you, guys. Bless you. Well, hang on, hang on. Stay right right here for a second. Stay right here for a second. Uh, So yeah, any information that you want... Uh, for uh, Aaron and, and Cheyenne, their ministry. They have, they have it back here in the foyer on a table. So uh, I want to encourage you to uh, um, get involved. But I want I want us to just take a moment to pray for them together while they're here. And But also tell you, you need to tell them what you, what you do. What I do? <laughs> yeah. Which part? Besides the gospel. Oh, oh I ride horses? <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm a barrel racer. Uh, I rodeo. <laughs> so I'm actually like from Texas and ride horses. So. <laughs> yeah. See, now, now, they'll, now they'll pray for you more. See, now that you can. Uh, um, anyway, barrel racer. Wow, that's cool. That takes guts to do that. You know? 
So no wonder it was just natural for her to go into the world and preach the gospel, you know. Oh, yeah, I've been barrel racing. <laughs> I can preach anywhere. <laughs> let's, let's just lift up uh, Aaron and Cheyenne. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this young man and lady who have committed their lives to the gospel, to the cause of the king and his kingdom. Lord, we bless them, Lord. Today, as we are here with them, Lord, we agree together, Lord, for many open doors, many new opportunities, and many to come into the kingdom. Much, much fruit. Thank you, Father God, for, for ministry partners, Lord, financial, prayer-wise, God, those who will roll up their sleeves and help them do the work. Lord, I thank you that you're bringing things together. You're connecting the dots, Lord. This is your kingdom. This is your church. This is your ministry. And Father God, as they go in your power and your strength, God, and your anointing, your call, I thank you, God, that you make things come together for them. In the name of Jesus, we just declare health over them, protection over them. Uh, uh, Lord, I thank you for blessing them financially, Lord, that they not know one day of lack. But Lord, they will continue to live in the resource of their God who will supply all their needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, that they are blessed and they will be a blessing. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Praise God. You bet. Yes, sir. Someday I'll be that tall. <laughs> Amen. Very excited. If you feel the Lord is um, specifically maybe talking to you or pulling on you, maybe you have a desire to come in May, come and talk to me about it. All right? I want to take as many with you as would want to go. It's going to be a marvelous experience, I do declare. So let's take our Bibles now and go to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And we're going to look, begin in verse 20. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 20. It says, But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. So there's something to learn from Jesus. And Paul says, when, when you read the former verses, the prior verses of that, he's saying how we used to conduct ourselves without, when we were without God. He says, but you didn't learn that from Christ, as you now have been taught by him, as you've learned from him and, and seen that the truth is in him. Now he's about to take us to what we can learn from Jesus. So I've just titled today's message, Jesus 101. All right? This is where we come and sit at his feet. Jesus said, come unto me, all you who labor and are weighed down with burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we're going to learn three key things from this passage of Scripture I'm going to get to you today. All right? And those things are remove. Can you say that with me? Remove. Number two, renovate. And number three, replace. Remove. Let's try it again. Remove. Renovate. And replace. Look at verse 22. That you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. So we understand that the old man ain't take you anywhere. All right? He's growing corrupt. Things are getting worse with the old man. All right? I'm not talking about your dad. I'm talking about your old nature. All right? The old you, the former you. 
Verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on, so you got to put something off and you got to put something on. And put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, Father, for the next few minutes, I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ to be upon all of us here today. All of those watching, Lord, live stream, all of those listening by podcast, I thank you, Lord, for your blessing upon them that grace and peace would be multiplied to them from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we want to know you more right now. We want to experience a greater level of, of depth in our relationship with you. Lord, we want to we learn from you. We're here to glean from you and say, Lord, use us, teach us, guide us. We are yours. Our lives are not our own. We are submitted to you and your word. Let your word come into our lives today and bring the life that it comes to give. Let it bear the fruit, God, all of its potential, Lord, in us. And we thank you, God, for it. For it is life to those who find it, and it is health to all of their flesh. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's look at verse 22. That you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Remove. You've got to remove the old man from your life. Now, we know what the Scripture says. It says that if anyone is in Christ, anyone be in Christ, anyone be in Christ here today? Anyone in Christ? Yeah. Come on, let me see your hands there. You are in Christ, all right? So now we know that this truth, we've learned this from, from the Lord, that if you're in Him, the old things are passed away. And behold, all things now have been become new. Now you're a new creation in Him. Old things are gone, new things have come. So in Christ, that's the truth. That's the reality. All things becoming new is now the condition of your born-again spirit. Now uh, you have been perfected forever, the Scripture says. Those who are being sanctified have been perfected forever, according to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14. So even while you're in process, yet one part of you is while you are being perfected, yet you are in one way already perfected, and that is in your spirit. So through his death and burial and resurrection, the old is now gone and the new has come. But the verses that we're dealing with here in Ephesians have to do with what happens after you have now become a child of God, after you have received what Jesus did for you, that you now have been justified by his works, by what he did for you, justified by faith in him. But now we're talking about how we live our lives. Now we're talking about our manner of living, what we do in this world right now, which has to do very much with our souls, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions, and this body that we're living in. And I know that if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, you have found that there is a war going on. There is a struggle that happens between the desires of this flesh and the desires of you on the inside, yeah. Amen. of your spirit. Amen. And so we learn from Jesus here the things to do to be able to live out this born-again experience, the things to do to, to enjoy this life that he came to give us and to express what has happened on the inside on the outside. Mm. Removal from the old ways of thinking and doing is extremely vital to our walk because you are not who you used to be any longer. And the sooner 
that you identify with who you are now than who you once were, the better your life will be. The most important way, and I would say the very first step that you would take as a Christian to removing the former things would be through water baptism. And if you've never been water baptized, I highly encourage you to do that ASAP. Uh, and and we, we do water baptisms from, from time to time. But I would say if you want to do it now, hey, I'll come over to your house and dunk it in your bathtub. I don't care. We'll go out to some, find some fishing hole, some mud puddle somewhere, and we'll get it done. I was, mar- I was buried. <laughs> I was buried. My old man was buried in a muddy little pond in southern Oklahoma. And, um, and, and so here's what happens in baptism. Water baptism is a powerful thing. It's, it's more than just symbolic. Because what happened when you died, Paul said it like this in Galatians 2, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Okay, well, how did that happen? Well, when he died, so did I. That is my former ways. The old man died. The old nature died when Jesus died. So water baptism is the funeral service for the dead guy. All right? So you got to bury the dead. That's the proper thing to do with the dead. And so water baptism is where you bury the old nature. That's why I'm saying it's more than just symbolic. You're leaving that thing in a watery grave. All right? And you're rising in newness of life. You're saying that I'm removing this from my life. Because all it's doing now is just stinking up your life. The longer you keep that dead carcass called the old man around, it is going to stink up your existence. All right? So you have to bury that thing. You have to bury that and say goodbye once for all. Paul said it like this in Romans 6, 11, Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And, and water baptism is your proclamation that this guy's dead and gone. The old me is gone. And now I'm living for God with everything in me. Um, every year I go out to uh, Raton, New Mexico. Anybody here ever been to Raton, New Mexico? It's a, it's a beautiful little town. I mean, it's a little town, but it's out there in the mountains, just gorgeous. And the weather there is extraordinary. And I have some good friends that invited me a few years ago to come out there every summer, and they set up a little tent out there, and they invite the community to come, and, and they do like two or three weeks of these tent meetings where they invite these different pastors. My dad goes out there, my brother, and uh, some other ministry friends, and we go out there and minister. It's just a great time uh, to be out there in that mountain air preaching the gospel and and uh, making disciples. And plus, I mean, that's, that's certainly what I like to do, but they also let me play cowboy for a few days out there. I always want to, you know, they, they all have cattle and they, they're, they're uh, guides for big hunts. That they have lots of elk on their, on their property, thousands and thousands of acres that they manage out there and deer hunts and pronghorn antelope stuff. And anyway, they're just great guys. So I get to get on, a, saddle up a horse and herd cattle around for a few days and think I'm John Wayne. And uh, but the only problem, I was telling the earlier service, the only problem that when you do that three days out of the year, it takes a toll on your body. Walk around like this. Oh, my God. I don't know how those guys did that. But a few years ago, I met a pastor out there. He pastors in, there in Raton. His name is Monty McGowan and his wife, Sarah. Great people and got a beautiful family. And she told me her, her story about how she had, for 25 years, had horrible health issues. She said, I was, I was a healthy girl up until about the age of 10, and then something changed. 
all of a sudden, she starts fighting this extreme fatigue. Um, she's, she's got these chronic headaches, muscle and, and joint pain all the time, uh, insomnia, impaired vision. She started gaining weight, hormone imbalances, and then her digestive system slowly started waning. And I mean, this girl was put through the system, the whole medical system. She had medical doctors looking at her. She tried, she tried natural doctors, you know, tried holistic uh, things, uh, strict diets, supplements, all kinds of medications, and nothing was making this poor girl any better. And um, so she even, uh, during, uh, in that course of 25 years, she got married to Monty, and, and th they have four, four kids now, but even just her trying to be a mother, she had no energy for the kids. She had no energy to be a, a, a wife, really, to even take care of the house. And so it was really difficult. The things that she wanted to do, she, couldn't, she found herself not being able to do them, just having to fight to, to live and to work through all of her issues. When she was uh, 34, about to be 35, she went on to a routine dentist checkup, and the dentist told her, she said, told her she needed to have a root canal in one of her teeth. So, scheduled for the root canal, had the root canal done, and then all of a sudden, many of those symptoms that she had been fighting all those years improved dramatically. And, uh, but she didn't, she didn't really make a connection. She, she didn't even really stop to ask why that happened. She was surprised by it, but you know, she thought, oh, great, she was just feeling better. So, so now things were looking up uh, for her. Until about six months later, when all of this stuff came roaring back into her life, I mean, with a vengeance. Not only all of those symptoms, all those things happened, now she started having dizziness. Now, now she started having uh, heart palpitations and, and all that to be added to her many maladies. So finally, she got to thinking about when she started feeling better and she finally made the connection that it had to do with that dentist appointment. So she started doing this research on root canals and teeth and, and what their connection was to overall health. And she, what she found was extraordinary. And so she looked up some different doctors who, who you know, talked about this. And so she found this doctor up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and told, got a hold of him, told him what she'd been going through all these years. He said, you need to come see me. I think I can help you. So she goes to see him, and he looks over her and tells her, that tooth with the root canal you need to take out of your mouth, and you have two teeth, two baby teeth, uh, that you need to have removed too. And there were no adult teeth behind those baby teeth. She had had those since she was 10 years old. And when that dentist removed those two baby teeth and that tooth with the root canal, everything changed for Sarah. For since then, that's been three to five years ago now, since then, she is living a perfectly normal and healthy life. And what this dentist told her, he said, for 25 years, your own teeth were poisoning your system. You may be facing various challenges in your life, various struggles, uh, failures, and maybe even some destructive behaviors and habits in your life. And you have just tried to fight through those things. You've cried about it. I mean, you've cried so many times. And you've prayed and you have, you have tried and you've coped. And, but you seem to be falling back into those same struggles over and over again. And many of your own struggles and your own weaknesses are not really the problem. I'm here to encourage you today. They are simply symptoms to the actual problem. The problem is the old nature. 
Most of the time, I can guarantee you, most of the time, it's the old nature. And somewhere along the way, you've allowed it to influence your choices. Somewhere along the way, you've allowed it entrance into your life. But let me tell you what it's bringing with it. It's bringing poison. It's bringing poison to your own life. It's bringing poison to your faith. It's bringing poison to your victorious outcome. You cannot continue to allow its influence if you want to truly be free. You must remove it. Awaken, the scripture says, awaken to righteousness and sin not. You first have to have a revelation of your righteous state before sin will lose its hold on you. It's something to know that Jesus died for your sins, but to know what happened in that is just as important because there was an exchange that took place. Jesus became sin. And an exchange took place, and then you became righteousness. You didn't just become a person with the ability now to live a holy life. You didn't just become a person with the ability now to do righteous things. No, you became the state of being, the condition of righteousness. So righteousness is not something that you have to strive to do right. Righteousness is a fruit now of who you are. It's natural for you to do righteous things because you are now righteousness. Jesus said the fruit. The tree is known by the fruit. So when Jesus says, come to me, if you'll come to me, all of you who are weighed down by these other things, and I'm going to show you rest, and I'm going to show you what's easy and light. And the, the truth is, the way of being a Christian, that is acting according to your nature, really is quite easy. It's when we let that old nature raise its ugly dead head and start talking again. And that's when, that's when trouble really comes into our life. So you have to reckon yourself dead. When that thing starts trying to say, uh, talk and, and remind you of the former ways and try to make you feel like and think that that's okay, and you, you know through the heartache and through the guilt and the shame that it's not okay, but man, it can be convincing of, uh, uh, at times, can it? It can be convincing at times, and the longer you sit there and keep listening to it, no, you have to say, no, I'm, no, I'm removed from that. Yeah. That guy is dead, buried, and gone. Yeah. My life is now in him. Yeah. Okay, look at verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Everybody say renovate. There was an artist from Uganda named... Now, I, I, I thought it would only be right if I had my iPad pronounce this name for you. Because there's no way that I could pronounce this. So let's try this. No, I'll try it again. So now you understand why I didn't even make an attempt at that name. But his nickname's Bruno. So we're going with Bruno. I can, Bruno, I can say. Bruno, I can get. So... He is a, an artist and a teacher from Uganda, and he was raised as an orphan there, um, and then went on to get his education, especially in art, and then further on in what they call uh, eco-art, all right? So he, he saw something in his own community, saw amongst the kids that are out there playing in the street, and lots of orphans, lots of orphans in that area, and I mean, it's, it's just a common thing in that community. And he started looking around, 
and seeing that these children didn't really have safe places to play, places, clean places where they could play. And just amongst all the garbage and the stuff that's, the debris that's everywhere. So he decided to do something about it. He started collecting all the plastic stuff, plastic bottles, water bottles, and plastic stuff off of the sides of the road and began to do something with that. He started recycling. And that man created a whole amusement park for the kids out of those recycled plastic bottles. Made a safe place for them to play. Well, this thing, I mean, just it really took off. And, and now they, they've begun other projects like this. And even not only you know, having a place for the kids to play, but teaching the kids what they can do because it offers employment opportunities, offers them to be innovative and to create, to take something that was once used for one thing and give it a new purpose to renovate it. And you have been given... Uh, let me just say something he said that really struck me. He said, I shifted from doing artwork to just hang on walls, having little influence on, on society, to doing art that solves community needs. It helped me realize my value to society. He said, we can use what is around us to create treasure. Isn't that an awesome thought? We can use what is around us to create treasure, employment opportunities, make the environment better. There is a wonderful world of possibilities before us. Let me tell you something, what God did when he gave you that mind. That mind is a wonderful world of possibilities. You, with Jesus in your life, you have both the ability and the responsibility to renovate your way of thinking, your thinking thoughts that, that, that from taking your thoughts that want to serve your flesh, the thoughts that serve the spirit, your thoughts have potential both for death and for life. Your thoughts have potential both for destruction and creation. And if your desire is to live your life well-pleasing to the Lord, then you're going to have to renovate your thinking and reasoning by taking every thought captive and submitting it to God. It is a process, and as long as you live in this body, and as long as you live on this earth, there will always be the need for renovation. That's why the scripture teaches to be transformed by the renewing of a mind. This is a continual process. But Paul taught us this great truth over in Romans 8. He said, with the mind, I serve the flesh, and with the mind, I serve the spirit. That's why this needs renovation constantly, all right? And, and, and one, we would also call that repentance, but also call that repentance. Repent it means to change the way you think. Now, when I was a kid, I only knew one definition of repentance. Crying your eyes out at the altar every week. That's what I thought repentance was. I, 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 didn't, I didn't know. I mean, it was every week the same thing. But then I found out after I started studying the Bible for myself. And listen, I'm not saying crying at the altar is a bad thing. I mean, if that needs to happen. But just make sure that it actually brings change and not just an emotional experience. Because there are many times I had an emotional experience and walked out the same as I did when I came in, with the same troubles, with the same problems. But when I found out how to apply the word to my life, when I found out that I could just change my mind by renewing and getting a new thought in my head and renovating that, I thought, wow, I can do that. I don't have to do that just at the altar. I can do that in my kitchen. I can do that at my desk at work. I can do that in my car on the way to work. Change the way you think. So there's this constant need for innovation. What God did in one miraculous moment, think about this. What God did, wait, let's just hear that miracle. Did you hear that, baby? I love that sound. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. We're reminded of the miracle of life every time you hear a, a baby cry. 
Where was that? I just lost them. What God did in one miraculous moment in saving you, I mean, it was instantaneous. The moment you believed, everything changed for you. It's going to take you now a lifetime to discover the riches of that salvation that you have and to experience it, spirit, soul, and body. So make a determination for renewal. Renovation happens through you meditating on the Word of God. It happens through you declaring the Word of God over your life. It happens uh, uh, when, you, when the, those thoughts that oppose the ways of the Lord come by taking action on them. Don't just sit silently and let, and, and with passivity and just let any random thoughts come through your head. You're in control. You change the way you think. Be purposeful in that and fill it with the Word of God. Because wishing the way... Uh, wishing it would all change is just going to keep you wishing. Yeah. All right? Activate renewal. Verse 24, I'm almost through. Verse 24, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Everybody say replace. Now replace. Now this is about action. This is about putting legs on this renewal. Notice that the new man which was created, he was created according to God. Created according to God. I want to just couple that with another verse from Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 that says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So this is about our manner of life. This is about our conduct. What does this conduct look like? Now, this conduct is made up of good works, which takes you which takes you, replacement means, which takes you from doing for you to serving others. It's a broader perspective. It's the God kind of perspective. It's the God kind of work in the earth. See, the new man is a man of acts of love. The new man is one that is generous. The new man is one who is willing to help, willing to reach out, willing to do something. So the first place to think of when it comes to that is to think of your family, think of your spouse, think of your kids. What can you do in a greater way to help them and to serve them? What can you do for, at, at, on your job to help? What can you do in your church? I'm going to say that one again. What can you do in your church, right, to get outside of yourself? Because here's the thing, we're, as the children of God, we're not made to sit and just think about ourselves, I see so many Christians that so many of their struggles are they can't stop thinking about themselves. And so they live in this little Facebook world and just stay in this little cocoon and, and only think about what should be or what could have been or what might be or, or, or what, what, you know what I'm talking about? And so they just, mull, and we're not created for that. See, that goes against everything about your nature. Now you have been made for more. Now you're one connected to many. Hallelujah, which means that you have something to distribute to someone else and something to receive from someone else. We are made to be distributors. We're made to be givers. Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. All right? And much of the mental anguish and the mental struggles that go on in a believer's life, I believe personally can be done away with just by the act of service. And so devise ways to serve. Because when you do that, you empower yourself more and more to be ready to do it. When life isn't just about you and your career and what's good for you, 
Oh, man, you opened you up to so many possibilities, so much more. I've been doing some, just some personal introspection lately, which, you know, we all should do. I was thinking about things that are said about me. Some of the things that are said about me I like. Some of them I don't like. We don't ever like to face the parts of us that aren't good, that aren't cute and nice and great and awesome. It's those ugly parts that we don't want to bring up. And we, but there are things, I just started thinking about the things that are said. And I'm not, you know, trying to call my wife out on this. She, Heather Jo is my rock. But I can remember at one time a few years ago that she was talking to my mom. I don't remember. You're talking to my mom, maybe your mom. And she was talking about the fact that, well, Eric doesn't do the dishes. And I was like, I really have that reputation? I don't want to be known for that. I mean, that's a small thing. But it wasn't that small because she's bringing it up. Right? But it wasn't something... Because I just thought, well, she's a woman. She's supposed to be doing the dishes. Why would I do the dishes? See? That's wrong thinking, by the way. You need to get that. If that's your thought, you need to renew your mind. Because if you don't renew it, she's going to renew it for you. No, but... And so I, I just started paying attention to that. I don't want that said of me. I don't, I don't like to hear that I'm, when I'm being selfish. Because... Because we just want to be selfish and not be accountable for it. And then when somebody calls us out on it, that is no fun. But Heather helps me. I mean, she lives closest to me, you know. She's the one that sees. And so she, she uh, is determined uh, to help me be a better man. And she has made me a better man. But think about this, guys and gals. Think about this. Some of the, and I want to talk specifically to the husbands and wives. Think about like, maybe you've heard this in your relationship. Oh, you always do that. You always say that. And though maybe always is a bit dramatic, maybe it's a bit of an exaggeration, but there's something behind it. There is some truth behind it. And if you'll determine to listen to that truth, I know, I know, I know. You're telling me right now. You need to hear yourself preach. I, I can already hear what you're going through your head. If you'll determine to listen, to listen, and to think, okay, I need to instead of defending myself, I need to face this and put some new action into work. I, I, I've got to do something different and to serve. And to not just look out to protect self, but to serve one another. And Jesus said it simply like this. Love God, love others. Serve God, serve others. We were made for this, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Replace those old habits, those old thoughts, those old words with new ones. Replace. Remove. Remove yourself. Remove the old nature. Maybe you need to be water baptized. Get that way. If you need to talk to me about it, I will get you dunked in the water and we'll say goodbye to the old things. But also just not allowing its influence, keeping it away from you and renovating your thinking 
All of us are works in progress, and God has given us some things to think about. Paul said, whatever things are good, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, which means you probably shouldn't watch Fox News 24 hours a day, all right? Things are good, or whatever your station is, I don't... Um, just, just fill yourself with the good news, the Word of God, speaking the Word of God, meditating on His Word, and then putting into action by serving others, looking out for the interest of others, even over your own. Amen. This is what we learn from Jesus. He said, I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Father, thank you for this time together with your great people, God. What a privilege and an honor it is to, to open up your word, God, and to study it and to teach it, God, and to see people's lives changed by its power. And Father, we're asking you for your help today for all of us, Lord, as we've received this word. We understand that today that we have a responsibility to God, to ourselves, and to our brothers and sisters. Lord, help us to do this in your power, not in our own power, not religiously, not with a performance-based thinking, but Father, in rest. You said, Jesus, come to me and rest. Learn from me. You made it easy for us. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Let me help you here for just a moment. You are, just think about this for a moment. He said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Maybe you are in a situation where it's nothing but heavy and difficult. Pray right there in that moment. Say, Lord, you said your yoke is easy, your burden is light. This is neither. So then I'm carrying something I'm not supposed to be carrying. So I'm going to give this to you. Whatever heaviness is on you today, whatever difficulty you may face, just in your, right now, just speak to him. Right now, just open your mouth and say, Lord, I make the exchange with you. I come to you and I take from you what is light and what is easy. And I give this heavy stuff to you. And I thank you for it. And I thank you that in doing that, I find rest from stress, from anxiety, from worry, from the constant struggle, and I receive the power that is in your rest. Because in your rest, I find grace, strength, mercy, help, life, joy, peace. Thank you for that now. Thank you for ministering, Father, that to your people now, that when they walk out of here today, they walk in your grace. They walk in your strength and in your might and in your ability. In the name of Jesus, we say goodbye to the former things. We reckon ourselves dead to those things and alive to God. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.